Hey there, friends. It's Nick. So before I start today, I want to call out a couple of friends of mine, Steve and James, both of which have very kindly fed back on the the audio quality of the podcast over the past month or so. And uh, it's to do with the recording software, the microphones, and me not understanding various bits and pieces. So if you've been listening in head with headphones and you've only had the audio playing in your left ear for some of these episodes, recent episodes... I apologise, it's totally on me. It's because, as I've said before, this this is the world's slackest podcast. And essentially what I do is I hit record, I record what I'm thinking, and then I upload it. I never really listen back. In fact, when I do listen back, I'm listening through a a laptop. And it wasn't obvious to me that uh, it was mono in the left ear only and part of the reason is because I'm building a process I'm creating a process that I want to be as smooth as possible because like you I've you know I've got a day job this is part of my work part of my routine part of my practice but I don't spend a a whole ton of time like I don't edit the podcast unless there's something (laughs) (laughs) unless there's something really disastrous, as you've no doubt gathered. And this goes to, oh, yesterday a friend of mine put me onto a book by a lady called Annie Murphy-Paul. Now, I've not read the book, but it's called The Extended Mind, and I am going to read you now an excerpt, because it's quite relevant to this discussion about kind of process, I think. Here we go. Our culture insists that the brain is the sole locus of thinking, a cordoned off space where cognition happens. This book argues otherwise. It holds that the mind constructs our thought processes from the resources available outside the brain. These resources include the feelings and movements of our body, the physical spaces in which we learn and work, and the other minds with which we interact, our classmates, colleagues, teachers, supervisors, friends, sometimes all three elements coming together in an especially felicitous fashion and she goes on to talk about the partnership between Amos Tversky and Daniel Kahneman and I've talked about both of those guys before on this podcast they're the fathers of behavioral economics and they did most of their work taking long leisurely walks around well either is either you know the part of Israel where they I think they originally met in in the Hebrew University um, or in California where Kahneman later worked And I think this is so interesting because I've long tried with with varying levels of success to make my workplace, the place where I was working, part of the process. And Steve, who I mentioned earlier, who I met at IBM way back when in the mid 90s, might remember some of the some of the stuff we tried in this little underground kind of dungeon dwarvish dungeon where ibm had the long haired t-shirt wearing people who worked in their new media department um, to make that space not just more pleasant to be in but more kind of productive and i suppose this this quest has reached its apotheosis i'm not sure whether that's quite the right term for this but its fullest expression in the space where i work now where i effectively have my little man cave where only the <laughs> only the things that I care about and the things that I want really matter and I'm pretty constantly trying to 
improve the environment I work in and improve the process with which I come up with all this stuff. And I love the way Annie Murphy-Paul approaches this idea that the things around us are part of our, our cognition. When I was sailing in, um, you know, I spent almost a year sailing in 1992. Um, one of the things that a friend of mine, Nicholas, Timoth sorry, Timothy de Bono, <laughs> I got my wires crossed there, Tim de Bono's friend I met on that, that fantastic trip, who I haven't heard from for a long time, but uh, one of the things that he said, he, he said, I miss my library. And this idea that you could build up a personal library was really new to me then. I was, what, 20, 21, um, when I met him. But it's one of the things that I thought about a lot. So thank you, Tim, when I got back. And, you know, I've bought and read and gotten rid of a lot of books over over the years but the ones that really matter the ones that really resonate are all around me now i mean i don't know how many books i've got in this little space but it's you know it's 300 maybe something like that and it's part of my process it's part of the way that i kind of outsource my thinking and my inspiration and what have you and the important thing, I think, is to keep pushing that kind of process. And I have been swapping things in and out um, with the recording of the podcast, for example. I'm using an, I've been using a new mic for, I don't know, perhaps six months. Recently, I swapped to using a, a well, a fantastic little package called Audio Hijack um, to do the recording. But what I hadn't realised, and this is all on me, is the difference between is that a stereo output is not necessarily a stereo sound signal. It's just two channels. And um, what this means, of course, is that Steve and James have both been part of my extended mind working on this particular issue over the past uh, two or three weeks. And I'm really, really appreciative. And thanks to all of you who feedback to me makes a big difference okay that's it for today thanks for listening and remember your story means business hey this is nick thanks again for listening to dig deeper search for story.business